On tonight's episode, we watched a movie called Vice. Is twice. As nice. As lice. (laughs) It's actually not that much better than lice. Welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey guys, I'm Stuart Wellington. Oh hey, this is Ellie Kalen. Stuart, what's, you seem kind of down. What's, what's up? Let's well, talk about it. No. Let me turn my chair around. I okay. hate I hate to interrupt the show, but I have some business I want to go over. <laughs> okay, <right>? Wow, <laughs> he <laughs> had a paper ready to yep. pull out of his. This seems less spontaneous <clears throat> right than away. I thought it was. <laughs> okay, uh, let me get my voice ready. Mm-hmm. Dear Cruel World. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> Dear Cruel World. <laughs> Dear Cruel World. How are you so cool? If Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> That's what the ad said. But yeah. uh, what my paper says is the statue's arm rotates easily and a section of wall slides to the left. Do you A, <laughs> enter the secret hallway, B, wait and do nothing, or C, use item butler's mask? Okay. There you have it. Wow, after many weeks of no movement on Radio Zork, apparently we have leapt ahead through a time warp Was portal. that Radio Zork? Yeah, that was Radio Zork. Yeah, so he's in the house at a hallway, yeah. is she? I mean, you, you haven't been following, obviously, on our on our other podcast that we've been doing that Dan keeps editing out of this podcast. Oh, the Adventure Zork? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 we're not we don't we don't know the rules that well but we love doing it yeah i'm now i'm worried that that was some sort of elaborate terrorist code <laughs> they turn out stewards in a sleeper cell or something he does look pretty sleepy mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and his body's made of cells mm-hmm. yep take him away boys uh-huh do you think sleeper cells uh use a lot of sleeping bags uh, <laughs> you know how they say that it's called no a punchline. <laughs> You're familiar with that. You know, what? yeah. People say there are. Uh, there's only one stupid question. Well, you asked it. You found it. Nobody's ever said that to you me. You won the prize. I won the prize. Okay, so what do I get? Uh, are you a subscription to Radio Zork? Yeah, that's right. Okay, guys. So uh, as Dan mentioned, that was a uh, a section. From uh, tonight's game of Radio Zork, uh, write in with your answers to the Flophouse at, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, email.com. <laughs> write into Radio Zork at flophouse.edu slash gov okay. times 11. Sponsored as always by Sweet Amazing Penises. <laughs> They're the sweetest and the most amazing mm-hmm. penises on the market today. Oh, boy. Let me get my hands on one of those sweet, amazing penises. Penises the way grandma used to make. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry for interrupting the show, guys, but it is episode 201. Just like, I don't know, I can't come up with a joke. 201 is Space like Odyssey. The area code I grew That's up with. That's right. Just like 201 is Space Odyssey. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's an astronaut movie set in the year 201. Yeah, because technically, we're all in space all the time, guys. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's the level of depth, depth that one would expect from a movie like Vice. 
the uh, movie we watched tonight. Yeah, hey, we watched, hey, folks, this is a podcast. Dan, what do we do on this podcast watch, other than cryptic instructions, <laughs> yeah, cryptic boy. options, and and mis- getting the if names no, of the If wrong. someone had not, if this is the first episode of this show for some people, mm-hmm. Radio Zork will have baffled them entirely. And they will have turned off. They will have dragged this podcast to the delete can, <laughs> and uh, yeah, on their ear things, and they, on, on their ear things. They, they will drag it over to there's there's the trash can, and there's the trash with extreme prejudice can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they put it in that one. There's the trash can icon, and then there's the hell icon that you drag programs you're mad at to. Yeah, and that sends an email to us, the creators of that program, and uh, that says "tisk tisk." You guys, I will you guys not be terrible. continuing my listening you should, of your you should, program. You should stop doing your podcast. And I'm like, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> so, Dan, what are we doing this podcast? We watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. And tonight we watched a movie that I'm pretty sure that it was a movie. I think one percent, maybe, maybe perhaps one percent of our listenership. Has even heard of. I know I hadn't before we started watching it. Mm-hmm. It was called Vice. 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 Not Miami Vice, although it looked like it was Miami. Mm-hmm. Not the Vice uh, magazine? No, not Vice Land, the TV channel that stole the name of our podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hot wow. to take. Shots. We're coming for you, Vice like Land. Like I'm worried they're going to find out. They clearly don't know we exist. Yeah, yeah what are they going to do? Just make another show with our name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to. Flophouse is going to get canceled, and then they're going to just put up a show that's called Three Guys Watching a Bad Movie and Then Talking About It. But it's not actually going to be about that. It's going to be about, like, Syria or something. Well, they'll do a show of three guys, uh, three idiots watching a movie and talking about it, and they'll call it, like, The Shitty Loser House. (laughs) They'll do impressions of us that are really not flattering. I'm Elliot. I'm the nerdy one. Oh, it's me, Stuart. No, you're supposed to do Dan, and then he does me. Dan is just hanging from the ceiling on his noose because he killed himself. (laughs) Because our impressions were so good. (laughs) Anyway, Vice stars big names like Bruce Willis and, and Thomas Jane. Tom and, S. Jane. And yeah, Tom. Tommy Jane. Tom Tommy Jane. He's a Flophouse veteran at this point. Yeah, right? he's been in at least one other one. He was in Drive Hard? Yeah. He was uh, in awesome. I, Frankenstein, right? No. no that's uh, the other guy. That's Come Aaron on. Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart. Get out of here, right? Aaron Eckhart's monster. Yeah. Okay. They should do a movie where they... Our brothers, they're boring brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's call it the Boring Brothers movie. Actually, it's a I mean, they could movie. easily be in a like uh, a twin brother separated birth, and they both are cops. One's a straight edge cop, that'd be Aaron Eckhart, of course. And then we'd have our like Lucy Goosey plays by his own rules cop. That would be uh, played by Danny Tom, DeVito. Thomas Jane. By Danny DeVito. <laughs> and then and Tom, Thomas Jane would be his his uh I guess boyfriend because we're trying to be pretty progressive. <laughs> yeah. Because it's about time that people of different sexual orientations were represented in classic film genres. <laughs> yep. Uh, twin class, brothers, both cops genre. Classic yeah, classic <laughs> film genres like boring twins. <laughs> um, so here so, and uh also really starring in the movie. Is Amber Childers? That's who, Amber with a Y. Amber spelled with a Y, not like the Chronicles of Amber. What are they just called? The Amber Chronicles. What you know that Robert Silverberg series? Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, I, I mentioned a fantasy series. I assume Stuart <laughs> would be all over that. It's also not spelled like the Chronicles of Narnia because those or are two different say, words. Who did I, did I who did I say wrote that? Uh, probably Roger Zelazny. I think it was Zelazny. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think I, in we're my both head, wrong. I, in my head, I get Silverberg and Zelazny mixed up. I think it's Zelazny. <laughs> Anyway. Who doesn't? Am I right? <laughs> Come on. Mom, mom, right in with the correct answer. <laughs> uh, so 
it really stars Amber Childers. And here's, I'll tell you what this movie is. Childers of the corn. It is, this movie is Westworld for a new generation. Hey, in the olden days, people might have been excited by fantasies of being a cowboy and going to the Old West and being in a gunfight. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, we know what the real fantasies are, going somewhere where you can rape and murder women with impunity. Yeah. <clears throat> Welcome to Vice. A place with no rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unless except, you're a robot. Yeah, lots there's of no rules. wrong, just right. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's kind of like an outback. <laughs> the food is delicious. In that the food is delicious. They have this onion you can that do they sh- fry that you can then rape and murder. <laughs> so so Bruce Willis is the guy who runs he's the Ed Harrison Truman show named uh, Julian Michaels. Named Julian Michaels. Uh, which but everyone important difference. It, everyone pronounced it yeah. as if it was the Julian first Michaels. Five times someone said their name, we were all like, Julian Michaels? We're like, what? Julian is a weird first name for a man, but okay, but that's a real woman's name already. <laughs> Where's this body busting workout that I've heard so much about? <laughs> Why think- is he not throwing <clears throat> tables full of perfectly good food over <laughs> to make a point? Screenwriter of Vice like was really mad. Like she tr- he tried to do the Jillian Michaels workout and it didn't work for him. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get back at her. I'm gonna make make uh, ruggedly handsome Bruce Willis carry her namesake into the yeah, future. Right. This is this is gonna be the biggest takedown of a fitness person since my last movie, The Crimes of Bailey Blanks. <laughs> Tybo. <laughs> so this movie takes place in the future, right? It does. It takes place uh, an uncertain amount of time in the future. In an uncertain location that's probably Tampa. It looks like Tampa. It looks like Florida, specifically Tampa. And we know that it's far enough in the future that, one, there is cyborg technology that allows you to create killable, rapeable women robots. Mm -hmm. And that there's a theme park There's probably some dude robots, too, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there are, but... They aren't really. We all, don't get a lot of screen extras. time. They're yeah. just yeah. Like, background. Yeah, it's like ninety percent man coming device. You gotta, you gotta believe, right? Yeah, but once again, progressive. Like, do what you want to do, man. If you want to rape and kill a dude, you can do that there too. I mean, there's yeah, probably thanks. a lot of guys who. Want. Thanks for the permission. <laughs> yeah, there's probably one. I mean, that's not legally binding permission. <laughs> Wait, it's not the purge tonight. No, <laughs> it's never the purge. Aww. <laughs> But like, Hell yeah, I keep asking you when the purge is coming. You keep telling me. You sounded so sad. You keep like like Schroeder. You're wondering how many shopping days there are till <laughs> till the purge. Mm. But uh, so but like Stewart said during the purge episode, this is another one of those movies where they posit a fantasy thing that doesn't exist and then show you why it's bad. Yeah, they present like a negative utopia and then the whole time you're like, why do we do these Hunger Games? (laughs) Oh, I wish they make a good point. We shouldn't have a theme park where people rape and kill robots. Yeah. (laughs) Ooh, Obama. (laughs) So like, so... And, the, and like, there's always. I mean, this this one actually makes a little more sense than other ones. This like, one, what movie? <laughs> what do you? What is? What do you represented by the word one here? <laughs> this this uh, vision of the future social structure where it's like the idea is like okay, maybe if they've got a place where they can get out all of their bad and like their bad instincts. Let's like, just call it their yayas. Yeah, they can get their yayas out. Um, Maybe they won't take it outside of the of that you know yeah zone. You, you, you create a it's something whereas that is, when we're, we're, Stuart and I were talking about the Hunger Games yesterday and we're talking about how like there's no direct line you can draw from like the fact that these kids have to sh- kill each other to social unrest doesn't happen 
Like, well, it's a way of the government showing how powerless the people of the different districts yeah, are. Yeah, I know. But it, at will, their children can just be taken from them. It it just doesn't have like the same like direct, like I, I don't know. Like I'm just like, really? Is that how that thing's going to so, shake down? So Vice is better than Hunger Games, That's says right. Dan McCoy. Better than Hunger Games. <laughs> don't go see Hunger Games. Go see Vice, says mm-hmm. Dan McCoy. It's the best movie ever made. <laughs> Sergei Eisenstein, eat your heart out. Put that Vice on the VHS here. box, dude. VHS box. Put that on the Sega CD box. <laughs> Could you watch movies on Sega CD? I mean, it plays CDs. Did we watch I mean, Night Trap? Night Trap is sort of a movie. Did we watch Sewer Shark tonight? <laughs> it's got those... You know, it's all cutscenes, so it's basically yeah, I mean, that's a movie. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, yep. it's about yep. as much of a movie as Mr. Payback is. <laughs> I mean, Mr. Payback was not a movie either. It's a it was an experiment in storytelling. <laughs> They're both choose-your-own-adventure movies. Mr. Payback was the dark, gritty Inspector Gadget that our generation <laughs> needed. So, are you allergic to your own cat, Dan? I have been... He's been like for dying like, for the last four episodes, Elliot. Yeah. Haven't you been paying attention? Not this really. Sickness just will not leave my body. That's not so. I good. need an exorcist. Exorcist sickness. You mean like a doctor? Yeah. <laughs> I need one of those exorcists <laughs> for bat, for viruses. Or we should get Eric Bana in here, like yeah. he has character from Deliver Us from Evil or Chopper. Chopper. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, but you make a good point, Dan. Often in society. We show that certain behaviors are not acceptable by creating safe zones mm. in which they are acceptable and then separate distancing. The same way that, say, Called like... Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Well, like Las Vegas or... Sure. Se- on, senior frogs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> on New Year's... <laughs> Halloween. Year, well, on Halloween and New Year's Eve, people yeah, indulge yeah. in behaviors that they Silver do Shamrock, not et cetera. the rest of the year, or like Mardi Gras. Yeah. By allowing that kind of behavior at Mardi Gras, what we're saying is... This is okay today because it's a special occasion. It is not okay on other days. So you could say the Vice Park is saying, like, by saying it's okay within the limits of this convention center slash airport waiting lobby, which seemed to be where yeah. the movie took place, we are saying it's not okay outside. But we're at some point in the future where whatever this Tampa-like city is that's around Vice, is, their main industry seems to be barrel fires and, like, <laughs> and shadowy fog over abandoned yeah. buildings. Bars <laughs> beneath <clears throat> elevated trains. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> like with yep. Gary Glenn Ross. Shadowy silhouettes moving in, like, a <laughs> steamy, dark alleyway, which, by the way, I think Dan's apartment's probably conducive to that because... Your radiator is making a ton of noise yeah, right I'm now. Sorry. If you're, if you're yeah. picking up any background noise, unless on this. that's the cyanide gas that the Japanese occupiers from uh, the Man of the High Castle are sending in to kill us to get information out of our brother, Man of the High Castle, the book or the TV the show? The TV show. Oh. The book is much better. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, so speaking of books, this is a lot like a William Gibson book, right, guys? <laughs> uh, yeah. if, it's not, not even like a Dean Koontz you're, book. <laughs> you're jacking your brain into the yep. into cyber the, into the Weber net. space. <laughs> Yep. Which is where have we got, have we got <laughs> Whoa! That's what the Weber net Have is. you ever seen the Lawn Weber Man? <laughs> you get the chance to feel what it's really like to shoot an episode of Wings. <laughs> this is the fantasy. I mean, that's the first Oculus program I'm putting in, mm-hmm. is Wings 2.0. Yep. You get to go up to uh, Thomas Hayden Church and uh, <laughs> what's-his-face. Who, who, yep. Oh, what's-his-face? Tim Daly? Tim Daly. Oh. Tony Shalhoub. And be like, <laughs> you guys are going to be big stars in the future. Well, not big you stars. as much, Thomas Aiden Church. I mean, you're going to be in movies. <laughs> he was, uh, wasn't he like nominated for uh, an Oscar for like for Sideways? Yep. Was, a lot of people have been well, nominated for Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
was that character? <laughs> was, the old, that was the old prospector who's also an Oscar historian. More of a, like a New Englander. Like, yeah, no, yeah. One, no one's been nominated for an Oscar around here for about 40 years. Yeah, that was that was Turner Classic Movies' Clanton Osborne. <laughs> Next film. Well, you Thomas Hayden Church was nominated for playing that Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> certainly wasn't. <laughs> Oh, Look, I'm not want to say anything bad about Thomas Hayden Church. If all the actors who later married actresses from softcore porn films, he's my favorite. Oh, who did he marry? Uh, an actress named Mia Zatali, I think is her name. Mm. I don't know and, who that. And is. Gene Simmons never technically married Shannon Tweed, right? They're I don't just like know if they were ever. They're in this like weird, weird thing. I mean, it's not a weird thing. It's it's common law. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It feels like. Look, they saw what happened to Helen Hunt no, in Hank Azaria. Right. You get married in your relationship. I shouldn't. Ends. I shouldn't. Ju- I shouldn't judge Gene Simmons. <laughs> I mean, Gene Simmons knows that if he marries her, he's suddenly going to be in a web of deceit and desire. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> because of her successful practice as a sex therapist, who watches people have sex through a two-way mirror. Is that the one where she's married to George Hamilton? They're all the one where she's a sex therapist <laughs> married to George Hamilton. It's called Indecent Illusions of the Night Eyes. Mm-hmm. Instincts of, four. Of, of course, she's going to sleep around. Around, he spends all his time in that tanning bed. <laughs> George, come to bed. I am in bed. Not that's not what I meant, George. You Be knew. more specific next time. Pulls the lid down. <laughs> so this movie Vice, it's set in not. It's like Westworld. It's the future. There's a theme park where you can act out your fantasies, but only your gross fantasies of attacking women and having sex with them. Usually it seems in, in the scenes we see against their wishes, which is gross. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be a haven for dudes in business suits with kind of greasy shoulder-length hair. Yeah. Thomas Jane is a police officer who doesn't like this place. Also has greasy shoulder-length yeah, hair. Yeah, he has very greasy, very long hair, and he mumbles the shit out of his lines. If, so he, if you want to see Thomas Jane try and mumble his lines through a uh, match that he has stuck in his craw the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Old craw. <laughs> his performance here is not as fun as it was in uh, Drive Hard. Dr- but, but it is a cousin to that performance in that it's very twitchy <laughs> and muttery and mumbly and... He has long, stringy hair. Now, don't get me wrong. I like a good mumble performance. Mumblecore. It's a mumblecore film. This could be the first mumblecore sci-fi action film. I I mean, 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 except computer chess. Yeah, that's you're probably right. But I mean, like, I like... Real action film. (laughs) There's chess action. One of the characters is propositioned by some swingers. I mean, that's action. All right. I mean, is it it action action. if you're only propositioned? I mean, he skips out on the actual action. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like I like a like a Tom Hardy mumble performance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tom Hardy usually has a reason for his mumbling, mm-hmm. and they I feel like they that like, they like him Tom better. <laughs> so I'm gonna sit, try to do this plot as quickly as possible because it's really There's dumb. Barely any. Thomas of it. Jane is a cop. He doesn't like Vice. He goes in to catch an escaped rapist of a real person and. It gets him and arrests him, but that gets him into trouble. And the trouble guy's with his like, boss. You can't arrest me. I can do whatever I want here, pig. Yeah. And he goes, When you rape and kill someone in my world, I come after you. And it's like, Well, your world is just the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, it turns world out. Prime. 
These people are. Did we mention that the movie opens with the silliest bank robbery ever? The opening scene of this movie, I was like, this is going to be a fun movie. And then nothing lived up the to it. The camera does not stop spinning around. <laughs> One dude jumps up on a, uh, a, counter. a bank counter and just kicks somebody in the face. Kicks a woman in the face for no reason. <laughs> and the whole thing is, I mean, this movie is shot with way too much camera movement to begin with. The camera's always swimming around. And the only thing that made me enjoy it was just thinking mm-hmm. about when people are trying to act, somebody with a steady cam strapped to their chest is kind of like hovering around them and like dancing around. And it must be like when you're on the subway trying to read a book and you hear, showtime, showtime, and two kids start swinging around and kicking you almost yeah. in the face. Like mm-hmm. that, but it's a guy with a camera just kind of <laughs> going, then I Elliot nervously you. pulls a crumpled dollar out of his pocket so they don't bully him. Never. I have never <laughs> given money to those guys. I will not move from where I'm standing and I don't give them money. Okay. Because you know, you're not a patron of the of the de- art. They're trying to use their uh, their talents to get out of out of poverty. Forget it. Not interested. Mm-hmm. They're not uh, they're not selling candy for no basketball team. It's to stay out of trouble. Oh, which sounds like a pocket. that sounds like a threat. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is all very New York specific at yeah. this point. But look, I mean, Dan will edit all the New York stuff out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make it edit that stuff out that I said about Thomas Hayden Church's marriage joke. Okay. <laughs> but leave it when I ask you to edit it out, so people wonder what I'm talking all about. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, anyway, he go he gets in trouble with his boss. At Vice, there's a bunch. It turns out they're all cyborgs that are human organs and human flesh and blood to make them more realistic for the killing. But they have computer <laughs> brains, and every night when the when the robots get killed. Their memories are erased. Thanks to a robo-bracelet. Yes, but and that helps them track them wherever they're going. But Amber Childers, who is work, who is programmed to be a bartender who is leaving her job as a bartender that night. Yeah, who looks like Pris from Blade Runner got a job as a bartender. Amber yeah. Childers, by the way, sounds like like a like a third level like Marvel character, like the best friend of one of the superheroes. She's one of these characters who would be the best friend of a superhero who then becomes a detective. Yeah. And now, 30 years after her introduction, or 40 years, has her own. she has her own comic and she's Spider-Man or Iron Man or some shit. Because yeah. every character in the Marvel Universe has to eventually become an Avenger, a mutant, or an Iron Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You, why are you guys staring that? at me? I don't know, you look like you're about. I was just going to say that Amber Childers, if you add an extra L, would be the name of like a washed up has been scream queen in the screenplay I'm writing. Okay, so that's the news. Amber's so writing a screenplay. <laughs> Amber Childress. Yeah, Childress. Mm. No, then she's halfway to being an Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze pun. <laughs> My <laughs> yeah. favorite actress is Amber Childress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's yep, I, can, even, I can go back in time and just add that to the movie. Add that right? in. Yeah. And everyone will be like, that actress doesn't have a career yet. I don't understand. <laughs> She's just like a teenager now. Yep, and they're all frozen in place while they puzzle out that pun he made. <laughs> Unfortunately, Amber Childress's robot waitress has a panic attack <laughs> when for some reason she remembers the murder she was the victim of the night before. She gets brought back to have yeah. her memory double erased. She breaks loose and she gets but out. But in the course of the double erase memory, like they, they were like, they flood we her. have to flood you with all the memories that you had before, before and well, erase the, them the one by one, one. The one computer tech who's kind of a sadist. He's very much this. a sadist. Instead of having an additional security guy who they're like, all the other security guys are down the hall watching dudes dance with naked robot ladies. So he's all by himself. So she wakes up and kicks him twice into, into a, a spark wall. Into a spark wall and he dies. <laughs> yeah. And a she, lot of the walls in this uh, convention center turned into a movie set are covered with just occasional fluorescent bulbs. Like it's like the walls of a 
like a dance party or like the Max in Saved by the Bell. The whole thing is lit like the hallway between the main area of a club and the bathrooms. Like <laughs> sure. the whole movie is lit with just exposed neon bulbs yeah. and like flashing lights. Or the like a tunnel that you have to go through on the moving the people mover in an airport. Yeah, it's like if you've ever been at like in the the stair ramps at a airport or a yeah. convention center, and you're like, this would be a badass place for a Blade to kill some vampires. <laughs> well, this director had the same thought. <laughs> well, that was like, wasn't it? Was it like Alphaville, the Godard film, where it's like, I'm just going to use a bunch of like modern looking buildings to indicate the future. Yeah, and this is like the really cheap bad version of that. Like, was like, I, I'm going to. That, yeah, was in, like uh, that was in Godard's Blade Trinity. That's right. <laughs> That's right. In Godard's Alphabet. <laughs> um, so, so she escapes, but not after someone fires a ton of grenades at her out of a grenade gun. Oh, yeah. and There's this one hot dog with a grenade launcher. <laughs> the security guards are constantly firing their guns at everything. She escapes. She gets out into the real world. Uh, and mm-hmm. this probably because a wall got blown open by a grenade. This is where it stops being Westworld and it starts being parts the Clonus horror slash the island with Scarlett Johansson. Uh-huh. And she's oh, yeah. out and about. She's attacked by a guy. She's threatened. She's out and about. She's painting the town red. <laughs> yeah. She goes on a big shopping spree. Mm-hmm. The police are want to investigate why there was a bunch Robots of shooting going on at Vice, but they can't because they don't have jurisdiction and the security camera was erased. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Thomas Jane's on the case. Meanwhile, she uh, and is, like you realize that like his police chief is super corrupt. You can tell because he's got weirdly long hair that's like slicked back, all gross. Yeah, he has James K. Polk hair. Yeah, <laughs> he looks okay. like the unfrozen caveman lawyer got became the the police commissioner or the DA or something. And here's something I want to mention: if anyone watches Vice in any of the police station scenes, and also most of the other scenes, watch the extras because the extras are hilarious. <laughs> Everyone in the back of every scene, or sometimes in the foreground, is having a very gestural conversation. <laughs> it's like they told all the extras, always be talking, and be talking as big as possible. These are supposed to look like real conversations. Well, you could walk down that hallway, or you could jump slash run. <laughs> check your watch. Always check your watch. Always be gesturing to things. The extras are great. In this Talk movie. as if you're a Italian stereotype explaining your pizza sauce. <laughs> No, don't talk with the bottom of your head. Talk with the top of your head. <laughs> talk with your whole body. Body talk. <laughs> so the uh, well, oh, so she's escaped. The vice has sent its its security guards after her, and they there's a series of shoot 'em ups. She makes. There's her, a great scene where she is accosted by a creep in the real world mm-hmm. with a knife. That creep, and then they're surrounded by dudes with machine guns. That creep looks at his knife, and he's like, I got this one. And he charges them, only to be shot down immediately. Many times. Mm-hmm. She, uh, there's a He's great- like, they don't know these dumpster-filled streets like I know them. <laughs> <laughs> these these, these tin like, cans filled with flame. If paper beats rock, I bet knife beats guns. <laughs> he, or he looked at him and they have two guys with guns. That cancels each other out. My knife will <laughs> They'll win. They'll probably just shoot each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, there's a great scene right after that where the people who are tracking her for Vice, one of them is a, he's a robot too, it's revealed. But, and he, but he's like Bruce Willis' his right-hand man. And he decides to quote, <laughs> I know why the caged bird sings to her. And... Uh, that's to trigger some kind of memory in her head, right? I think it's just pretend. Is it like in the Hundred Bullets then, comic where you just say Croatoa and that was people fine, flip but out and become super assassins? Yeah, exactly. It got really weird when you just started doing Casey at the bat. <laughs> 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 I didn't understand. 
And then all these Calvin Trillin poems, and it's like, they're not funny necessarily. They're just kind of like clever, you know? And so she's on the run. She makes her way to a church that she saw in a dream where a man who— Yeah, she sketched it for us earlier in a scene that was very clearly sketched like— Sketched it terribly. <laughs> yeah, like— a normal movie would have uh, had her, made it look like she was sketching, and then they had an artist actually draw Just the thing. Hired Guy Davis <clears throat> to, to draw that thing in an insert. Yep. I mean, yeah. there is a million out of work cartoonists or underpaid cartoonists who would be happy to sketch a shitty church. I mean, for they're someone. all underpaid. I mean, get I, an overpaid cartoonist. Get Jim Davis to do it. I guess it was realistic in that, like you know, most people <laughs> yeah. can't draw, and it was like, okay, well, this is a lady; she can't draw. And certainly, why would so, they program Jim. this robot to be a modern day Rembrandt? <laughs> she can, she'll draw this. Uh, <laughs> she'll draw this church as if it's a, a just a box that's falling apart. I mean, now to be fair, the church on the outside does look like a box, and for some reason, it has a sphinx outside of it. <laughs> which I don't know what church has a sphinx outside except an ancient Egyptian temple. I mean, it's the future. It can look like anything, dude. You're right. Open I guess. your mind. That's, That's the, why you thought there was a Stargate inside the church. I assume there was a Stargate because I saw a Gwawold sculpture out front. Now, here's the thing. Maybe there was a prologue they cut, in which case, great. I hate prologues to movies, where it's explained that this was a society that where Christianity fell out of favor, and Ra and Osiris <laughs> and the gods of a- and Isis are now worshipped. Yep. And that's what led to the downfall of America, you know. <laughs> yep. And you could and you could live uh you go to Vice and live out your fantasy of uh throwing dead bodies uh to feed alligators for Sobek. Yeah, or finally getting your heart weighed <laughs> against a feather by Anubis. <laughs> yep. I think we've covered all the uh Egyptian mythology references we previously made on this podcast. Yeah, that's true. What about this one? Hey, my real fantasy is I've always wanted to be a dung beetle that pushes the sun across the sky. <laughs> Welcome to Egypt world. So she goes in and she finds that this is now the hideout slash sanctuary of the scientist who invented the robots and who it turns out patterned her on his dead wife who died yeah, of cancer. That's creepy. He seems pretty upset that she's been repurposed as a sex and murder droid, but to be fair... Why did you invent this and then I guess sell the patents to Sex and Murder World? Yeah, this was a part of the movie I wasn't paying that yeah, much this attention. Is, I mean, literally can, where we, we all started just... If there was, if you had a graph labeled <laughs> Flopper's Attention, it's around this point that the, that yeah, the, dips pretty the line would start go from just dipping to a precipitous drop. Yeah, it would go below zero to negative 24. To we are actively talking about things other than the movie. Yeah, where yeah. I'm like, Hulk Hogan did what? <laughs> How much is the court awarding him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, I- my eyeballs <laughs> pop out of my head, and I spend the next 20 minutes like pushing them back in. <laughs> like that it's not. <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> Dude, I got to be delicate. They're my eyeballs. The- <laughs> I only have two of them. It's not the Gawker. Uh, uh, results. It's not the. It's not the ruling that you're excited about. It's the sex tape. Like Hulk Hogan did what? Yeah. I saw Where the, can I see it? Hulk Hogan had sex the, with a girl. I saw the Gawker, Gawker article about that, and then I followed links <laughs> to the to the deeper story. Links from uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> no, the the links game system. Okay. Like, oh, yeah. Let, why there was no links in Sonic the Hedgehog? I'm thinking of Tales. Mm-hmm. I like that it's specific. You're gonna knuckles. get so many angry letters from I Sonic fans. I corrected myself. So, the Sonic restaurant chain does not have any sausage links, Elliot. <laughs> so you stand corrected. So just let's cut to the chase. In that they're chasing everybody throughout the yeah. movie. Oh, boy. There's a lot of chasing. The the troop the bad guys catch up with uh 
Oh, well, the the girl robot who's escaped, Amber Childers, she, or woman robot, she is given a new identity yeah, by a friend of the scientist. You don't want to he understand says, the robots out there. He says, I could also upgrade you. She says, nah, never mind. She go, tries Which to was escape. an odd moment. That was the moment where we're like, what's going on, movie? Of course she needs an upgrade. Yeah. And she is about to escape. Her husband, her the husband of her original, is going to help her. He gets mm-hmm. killed in a shootout with the bad guys. Thomas Jane kills all the bad guys. He says, "Hey, you could run away. I'd let you, but why don't you help me take down Vice?" They go back to the guy's friend, and she says, "I need an upgrade." This upgrade consists mainly, I think, of giving her a leather jacket and wetting her hair. Yeah, her hair slicks back. Yeah, and that's about it. Because She's got a little more eye makeup, maybe. Her pl- their plan seems to be to check in at Vice. Then she's going to steal a gun from a guard, just walk it's into like, the lab. It's like any time I play a video game where you have to be stealthy, where like <laughs> the first guy I'll try, I'll like kill one guy stealthy and then just run around and get murdered. <laughs> it's basically that. And she goes to Bruce Willis's office, but the guns are programmed not to kill her because why not let's steal a little bit from RoboCop too for this movie. <laughs> Meanwhile, it turns out I guess maybe she was just a diversion because Thomas Jane. Has a, blasts a shitload of dudes, he just gets a machine gun. Gets a machine gun and forces a tech guy to upload a virus that gives all the robots all their memories, and they go into herky-jerky epileptic <laughs> seizures. For some reason, this makes all the regular patrons run around going nuts and fires get started. I guess some well, of the Well, a couple of those attacking. robots, like, as soon, if you get within, like, grabbing range, they do all kinds of shit. But dude. they're kind of like zombies. It's like, if you get close enough to one that they kill you, like, that's... Partly yeah, on you. because getting all their memories immediately also makes them walk really strange. Yeah, and go like but 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 but. And now, in one case, a guy is being strangled by the legs of a robot who is in a sex swing. And as you're like, you're ju- that's your own fault, buddy. dude. Don't walk up to that sex swing when you see a herky jerky killer robot in it. Yeah, you're not like he looks around. Everybody else is run out screaming. Yeah, and he's like, mm, and now it's my time he's to shine. Like, oh, yeah. I had performance anxiety, but now no one's here to watch. So I guess I'll give it a try. Uh, it turned everything is uh, the police can't go in because they don't have jurisdiction or whatever, and things just fall apart. And <laughs> Chin Tom- Wichita, <laughs> yeah, the center cat hold, slouching toward Vice, uh, and the. Uh, Amber Childress cat, uh, finds her roommate again, and they hug, and Thomas Jane leaves. And uh, he, do, he has a very <clears> Snake <throat> Plissken-y moment where he's like, welcome to the new world. And then welcome flicks, to the real world. Welcome to the real world, and then flicks a mat, the, the match out of his mouth or whatever. He shot Bruce Willis. Let's not forget that. that and they happened. shot Bruce Willis, but that's okay because— So that's a, great sh- that's a great scene where it all of a sudden goes into slow-mo. And we see Amber's upgrade, which involved her— being able to slam into Bruce Willis and take a gun from the ground. Throws the gun and to Thomas Jane. tosses it lightly to Thomas Jane. <laughs> Still slow motion, so uh, that gives him enough time to shoot Bruce Willis TJ a couple times. TJ grabs it out of the air. <laughs> TJ <laughs> Maxx, yep, we did that. Kablamo. And here's the thing about that scene. It called for like some kind of cool kung fu move. And it's like they saved that scene to shoot to last, and they find, found out they ran out of money in the budget to hire like a, a wire foo expert from Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, whatever, just kind of knock him over and toss the gun over. But everyone acts like that was a super cool move she just pulled that she needed an upgrade for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just and I the mean- end, and oh, and we see Bruce Willis. We we see his face, which means he's going to open his eyes because he's probably a robot. And we're looking too. at him. We're like, well, he's sleeping. He's so beatific in death. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The end, Vice. I, so, Dan, what did you learn from the movie? No, I just wanted to <laughs> say, like, 
I Do you understand what reality is anymore, Dan? We talked about it a little bit, but I don't want to uh, just like... But well, yeah, Wings was a great show. I don't want to uh, zip past the plan at the end of the movie where like all through the movie, Thomas Jane has been like this law and order guy who's like, I hate Vice. Dun, dun, I, hate, dun. I hate the way that like <laughs> the evil from Vice, you know, like... Slops over the you edge. You think people are getting their out. yayas out, but really, they they get acclimated to this activity, and then yeah. when they go outside, they do it to real people. Yeah. So he's you know really upset about things. He's supposed to be the one doing things. Really, like even though he's a, a rogue cop, he is the one speaking up for doing things by the book. He's and the, then he's the, the our, our avatar of justice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, the plan is apparently just like. All right, we're going to go into Vice, and we're going to shoot everybody, <laughs> <laughs> including people that I assume are not robots. We can't. We have to assume everyone who gets shot is a robot. All right. Yeah, like, every is every security guard a robot? Because if not, they have, like, families, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just a job. It's not like they work for that company, and they're like, well, I, I also love the product. I'm making a statement by doing this, <laughs> yeah. that I believe in this. They don't know that he's a cop. You know, like they just see a guy going around shooting people. I mean, that's uh, Thomas Jane looks nothing like a. Co- he no, looks yeah. like he a looks crazy like, fucking drifter. He looks more like one of the bank robbers from the beginning movie, and he doesn't. It's not like he's holding his badge out. He just runs yeah. in and starts shooting. So uh, that's that's justice in vi- in the vice world. Like, really, who's the real <clears throat> monster? Is what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, probably it? those dudes who are raping and killing robots. Oh, yeah, damn, them. <laughs> that's pretty cut and dry. That's, that's right. That's the other thing. I is, forgot about them. <laughs> there, these are also like they never really established what part of them was a robot because they have flesh and blood bodies. Mm-hmm. But it's like they, I guess, do they have computer brains. How do they make them? It's like their it, butt. Their butt is robot. So they have a it's metal a robot. butt. A robot. Dan's, the rest Dan's of it is high concept sci-fi porn film robot. Yeah, looking so they, for an investor because they can they can drink things. They drink. They can take shots and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do have, they have like an exhaust port in the robot? <laughs> in a way, we've got we've all got an exhaust port. In the robot. They take a shot and then, unbeknownst to them, a flap opens up in their butts and the and the liquor just flows out. <laughs> yeah, like airplanes or something. Yeah. Everything else about the robot. is Super sophisticated, and then there's just like a little trap door in the butt. It goes when it opens, and then it's like old old time long johns, (laughs) but in their bodies. Yeah, drizzles out. It's like it's like the back of a Mr. Potato Head, where the little flap where you stick all those parts. Oh yeah, yeah. The the first robot. That's where they store their extra features. Yeah, their different wigs. Hey guys, Other. who's the real monster? Us or Mr. Potato Head? <laughs> when I when I was growing up, I always kind of wished I had a flap that I could put all my stuff in. Just in your body? In my body, yeah. I mean, that carried you over to, to a, like a, a marsupial. Kind, yeah, I mean, like a pouch. You want to be more like a James it, Woods in uh, video First off, I don't think that Mr. Potato Head's a marsupial. Uh, I don't think he's, he's only a mammal found at all. In New Zealand <laughs> or Australia or Australia, yeah. Uh, and then when I was I mean, growing up later on, are marsupials and they're all over the North American continent. And then when I got into like nerdy shit, uh, there was like, <laughs> you know, it's, instead of call, cool guy shit. What would, you, so what would you call wanting a flap where you can store things in your body? Like, yeah, Pretty cool. normal. <laughs> That's I was like a core. kid. Every kid's an idiot. Um, uh, but when no, you became a nerd. Yeah. When I became a nerd, uh, one of my, one of my favorite things in the Shadowrun uh, role-playing game, which is a, you know, like a sci-fi cyberpunk future. Yeah, very snow. Is crash. that if you wanted to be a uh, if you wanted to be a cool street samurai, you could get a uh, like little holsters in your legs, like RoboCop. And I thought that was even cooler that you could store like I don't know, like chits, 
uh, cred sticks or guns in various uh, in various uh, container sections but of your body. Since you were like a teenager, you'd just be storing what, like your pens and pencils for school and a gogurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't carrying around an Aries Predator two handgun. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I would carry gogurt, various things, dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets. Pro- I mean, probably roll, probably like uh, printed off pornography from the internet that I didn't <laughs> want my parents to find. <laughs> Just keep it in your leg. You know yeah, what? they're not gonna look at my leg, dude. <laughs> well, you're sleeping. What if they press the code buttons and open your leg up? There's no code buttons. It's all uh, mental commands. You know the uh, solution I got for you? Okay, Dan, get yourself a pair of kids. <laughs> Little zipper pockets. Wait, are those shoes? Kids. Yeah. Uh, you don't remember that? Kids had zipper pockets? There, that was what was so, like, I thought this was so cool when I was a kid. Okay. Their shoes. We're establishing little... the bar for cool when Dan was a kid. Did I these mean, shoes light up at all? No. Were they British Knights? No. L.A. Gears? No. Okay. <laughs> there were shoes that had pockets in them. Kids is the brand, I think you said. Up. Oh, yeah. Like Kids, so yeah. So uh, if you wanted to, if you had anything of the size of something that could be transported easily in a shoe. So like a penny. <laughs> Yeah, it was like literally you put a penny in there. <laughs> They're like a condom, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the guy kid wearing kids is the one who's going to get lucky. Or like a, or like a couple it's ketchup like a packets. It's like Howard the Duck condom. It's one of those tiny condoms. Packets. Gross, a non-wrapped Howard the Duck condom? Yeah. Okay, Elliot, so we've shared some embarrassing stories from our youth. Yeah, sure. What did you, what did you want to pocket in? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't. Where did you want your pockets? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I probably would have wanted to hide pornography in it too. I can't mm-hmm. think of anything else that. Okay. I mean, but I had plenty of places around my room that I could hide that stuff. Yeah. What, like uh, trapper keepers? I mean, I I'm just like the, in... the, there's the classic <laughs> under the bed. Well, like behind, bo- I did a ton of books in my in my room. So like behind books, in between books. Did you tape it to the uh, the bo- underside of the lid of the uh, the toilet the yeah. toilet thing? Yeah, yeah, behind yeah. The, the toilet. toilet tank. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I t- so that in the middle of the night, I could surreptitiously take off the ceramic lid of the toilet with a like <laughs> and then pull the duct tape the loudest tape you could find yeah. which in turn rips and destroys the pornography <laughs> oh. i was too busy spending hours trying to download a picture mm-hmm. from some kind of news group yeah so this is a real flashback to a time in people's lives where they had to have physical pornography and hide it around uh-huh or just yeah. use the power of the human imagination. That's right. That's gone. Yeah, That's totally it doesn't gone exist now. anymore. No. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't think of any sex things. Just do it right I, now. I dare I'm trying you. to. I'm trying to think of a Dan's sex Dan's face thing. is looking really all weird. You think I of, can't. All you He's can think scrunching of is, his features up. All that's coming up is what, Simpsons jokes? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's got like a picture of like a, a lime for some reason. <laughs> a lime? Yeah. Just a little, little <laughs> a lime? Is that something you find sexy? No. Not at all. That's the thing. So, Dan, you don't want to go to a, a theme park where you can kill and rape a lime? <laughs> well, when you put it that way. Vice. I don't. So, <laughs> so um, good, bad movie. put it that way, I don't. <laughs> so, can we... So, time to talk about this movie some more, guys. Can we wrap so it up? Final begins. judgments? Final no, judgments. we can say final judgments, whether this was a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of liked. Uh, I'll start by saying, like, there's a brief point at the beginning and then at the end where I was like, this is verging on good bad but the complete lack of interest that i had in the entire middle i would say the middle hour and 25 minutes (laughs) really and the fact that it's based on such a distasteful premise makes it a bad bad movie yeah i agree i though there were times when it felt like we were watching like an abandoned pilot 
a mm-hmm. crappy show. Mm-hmm. And you cut out a couple of Thomas Jane's swear words. You cut out the one topless scene, and it's the pilot for a show where a, a guy and a robot are partner cops, and he's got to teach her about how to live like a yeah, human. Yeah, that's a show called Almost Human. I guess, yeah, it was Almost Human. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, was bad, to- bad. it was totally bad, bad. Yeah. Uh, this was another one of those where Dan sprung it on us, and he was like, Hey, guys, I think Vice is going to be the bee's knees. And we're like, I don't know about that, Dan. He said, Archie, put on your pajamas because this movie will be that. <laughs> yep. The cat's pajamas. <laughs> yep. Uh, you guys might want to take your socks off now because they're about to get knocked right off. Uh, don't pay for the whole seat because you're only going to use the edge. Better better put some uh, Elmer's glue on that wig of yours so don't <laughs> flip right off. Hey, guys, use this corset to hold your sides in because they're going to be splitting. Wait, so it's funny? <laughs> this pillow on your knee because you're going to be slapping it. <laughs> wow, that bit went on longer than I had any hope for. I was amazed at that. Yeah. You just kept pulling him out. Hold on to this bishop because you're going to be waxing him. <laughs> what? Jesus. What? <laughs> going to masturbate because of this? I don't know. You thought the show? movie was going to be really great. <laughs> Let me hold on to your nightsticks, boys, so you don't start polishing them. <laughs> So now, um, don't choke that chicken because PETA has been really on me lately. <laughs> Before we, uh, so bad, bad movie, right, Dan? Yeah, that's right. I, I gotta admit, I kind of would rather watch Nothing But Trouble than Vice. Vice yeah. is just so boring and forgettable, whereas Nothing But Trouble is really burned into my mind as a horrific stew. Yeah, it's a true uh, act of madness. Yeah. yeah, we're referring to Nothing But Trouble, the movie we watched last uh, time we recorded. Um, see, the nice thing about Nothing But Trouble is, for the most part, I could walk out of certain scenes to make drinks and come back, and I would miss them entirely. <laughs> uh, and it lessened I mean, the impact. Any movie you could do that with. <laughs> Here's what I like about well, Nothing But Trouble. Was it, wasn't being, it wasn't being yeah. inserted directly into my brain, so I could walk out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Unlike most movies. Yeah. My, follow my, you around. My review of Vice is, I don't know, maybe close your eyes the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you like t-shirts, right? How about a mug? Are your walls looking a little bare? Visit maxfunstore.com and cover all of these bases and more. We just added some amazing new shirts and posters. So visit today and outfit your home and torso with the freshest MaxFun merch. Maxfunstore.com Yeah, so before we move along... To uh, our next segment, we have a couple of Jumbotron messages. Yeah, get so the, trons and make them jump. Yeah, so this is, uh, if you guys haven't turned off this podcast to get on with your life, uh, this is uh, Flophouse Housework. Um, and it sound like a chore. No, this is, these are announcements that people want us to announce. Oh, yeah, okay. That Jumbotron. <clears throat> so the first Jumbotron is... And if you want to have a Jumbotron message... I don't know. Sign up for it. You yeah, to, go to maximumfund.org. Maximum okay. That org's forward slash Jumbotron. Uh, so flash. our first message is a free ebook from Marcus Lambert, an art author you've never heard of. I'm assuming it's Lambert, not Lambert. I uh, mean, we can only assume. Uh, Christians, you have a new savior. I do? Don't worry. <laughs> you sounded worried. <laughs> this one's Jewish, too. A pitch-black horror comedy about loneliness, failure, and male hero fantasies. The ebook version of Ralph Pincus, Occultist Extraordinaire, 
by Marcus Lambert is currently available for free on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Smashwords, and iTunes. Warning! This book contains sexually explicit content and graphic language. Unlike Vice. My favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dan's got all the stuff you like in it. Mm-hmm. That's why I pitched my voice at the perfect level to sell something to Dan. That's right. It's the only level I can hear, actually. <laughs> Salesman, this is a tip you should know if Dan walks in. There's a certain frequency, which if your voice hits it, he has to buy from you. <laughs> it's a strange thing that neurologists have been looking into, but until they find a cure, sell the shit out of stuff to That's him. why when Dan's walking down the street and he almost walks into a car dealership, we have to Mr. Magoo him out of the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By putting a girder in front of him that he walks onto and it yeah. sl- swings him into a construction site. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have to buy it. Slide down a tube into safety. I mean, that's what birth is, basically, right? Yeah. Except well, you're, you're for, leaving except for safety. The safety. Yeah. Good so point. head over to those various platforms and download your free ebook. Ralph Pincus, Occultist Extraordinaire. There's another Jumbotron message, which is less of a commercial one and more of a personal one. Uh, and I'm very honored to read it. This is for Victoria from Day. Two and a half years ago, I was listening to the Flophouse on a bus to New York to meet you for the first time. The show relaxed my nerves, brightened my eyes, loosened my tongue, helped me be the goof you judged worth a long-distance relationship. Our first month living together, I felt so contented. Thanks for moving and taking on this commitment with me. I think that's very sweet. Huh. What episode do you think she, uh, uh, they were listening to? Uh, I don't know. Two and a half Gooby? years ago, probably <laughs> Gooby. <laughs> What movie? What puts me in romance? A uh, Gooby. <laughs> I think we just uh, peered into Elliot's psyche here for Timothy a Green. If they can make a pencil out of boys, <laughs> then, then I can make this relationship work. <laughs> <laughs> they can make a pencil out of boys. Stop the pencil machines! They're pouring boys into them. I did think these pencils were pencils. weirdly soft, like they were made out of human skin. But uh, that's that's very that's sweet. a lovely message. Yeah. Speaking as someone who... It's nice to hear a story about two people who are together by choice as opposed to trapped together like the three of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, by a witch's curse. (laughs) Terrible. I shouldn't have made fun of that witch. (laughs) You tell me that now. (laughs) (laughs) Can you get any more warty? Uh, Chandler Bing, friends, yeah. everybody. Is <laughs> that the Halloween episode? <laughs> Chandler Bing in special. <laughs> Chandler Bing in friends Halloween. Wishmaster Five mm. friends. <laughs> and Ross accidentally su- summoned those sex monsters that <laughs> st- stripped all the flesh off of his body. Yeah, it's horrifying. <laughs> help when Joey walked up to the witch and went, how you doing? (laughs) I would think that would be a compliment, but I guess not in this enlightened age. Yeah. 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 Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And then Rachel did whatever she did that was funny. And Monica and Phoebe (laughs) sang a song about it. Mm -hmm. And what other characters were on that show? Gunther. Yeah. That's not a real character. Yeah, yeah, there was Gunther, yeah. What about Bebop and Rocksteady? Were they on Friends? (laughs) Uh, I mean, they were Friends, so I guess they'd have to be. (laughs) Legally. What about, like, Chef Boyardee? Was he a character on Friends? I mean, it makes sense. Monica was a chef. (laughs) (laughs) It all checks out. (laughs) I think so. 
cater. What about Darkwing Duck? Was he was he a character on Friends? <laughs> well, Joey's a vigilante, so <laughs> it's got to be the case. <laughs> Joey's a vigilante. <laughs> okay, let's uh, move on to letters from listeners. Let's do a thing it. that we do where you. <laughs> Right, us. <laughs> that only we do. Nobody else does this. <laughs> Flophouse copyrighted and trademark. We put the idea of we put the idea of re- reading letters into an envelope, mailed it to ourselves. That thing is fucking date stamped. Don't even try to steal it from us. We'll sue you. It's also like the most basic way of explaining a thing. This is a thing that we do. Yeah. I could have just done it, and then the audience would assume that that was a thing that I did. Just by virtue of it no, being they could have thought us. they could have thought it was a one-off. Yeah, all right. Anyway, okay, so first letter is from, let's see, who's it from? Ross, last name. Are you Bell. asking the paper? <laughs> paper, who is this letter from? So it's from Ross from France. Yeah. I have a Pre monkey. being having your flesh stripped from your bones by the Wishmaster. <laughs> Uh, Greetings from an unusually sunny Glasgow, Scotland. As a Scot, I feel honor-bound to get in touch with you after... Uh, Just to say one thing. When I was there, it was pretty sunny, actually. Okay. Uh, I'm sure that that your one visit to it uh, is a typical... No, 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 Elliot. I think your interruption counts. (laughs) Just bragging that I've been to Glasgow. Yeah, keep reading, Dan. Were you there for, like, a fringe fest? Uh, That's Edinburgh. Edinburgh. I went to the Glasgow Fringe Fest, which doesn't exist. So boy, I, uh, that travel agent really—that is got pretty me. fringe. Yeah, that was the bit, that was the first curse that the witch put on me. Yep. Uh, as a Scot, I felt honor bound to get in touch with you after you gave pod time to our national shame, also known as Guardian of the Highlands. Mm-hmm. You mentioned in the episode that you hadn't been able to find a Wikipedia page for the film. That's because when it was released in the UK, to the critical equivalent of a sad trombone sound, it was called Sir Billy. And that's the name it appears under on Wikipedia. Oh. I can only assume that the name change was a last-ditch attempt to hoodwink some money from foreign audiences clamoring for the long-awaited Legend of the Guardians Thou's of Gahul sequel. Um, <laughs> was that, is that in a way to... Or a Highlander sequel. Sadly, they'll have to wait a little longer for the armor-clad owl action they and I crave. It contains some informative... Uh, form- this sentence doesn't make any sense, so I'll re-edit it. It contains some informative information. Uh, Okay, some real-time critique of your Mm letter-writing abilities. Uh, It has some information about the political controversy around the film. There are some complaints from the Hartmans when the pro-Scottish, independent Scottish National Party government chose to promote the Disney Pixar (laughs) film Brave, made in the USA, rather than give the UK, rather than promote the UK-made Sir Billy. The film Brave went on to receive an audience score of seventy-six percent on the website Rotten Tomatoes. Sir Billy received zero. That's certified. That's certified fresh. <laughs> yeah. Now, to be fair, Sir Billy only received zero percent from audiences because zero audiences went to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the ones that did uh, killed themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they asked that their memories be erased from human civilization. <laughs> yep. Can you turn me into one of those vice robots? <laughs> He writes, regardless- Just use me and abuse me because I saw Sir Billy and I can't live anymore. Regardless of your views on Scottish independence, I think we can all agree that the Scottish government made the right call on this one. Pardon me. That that kind of hiccup burp turned that into an inadvertent Woody Allen impression. Yeah. This the film- Scottish government made the right call on this one. <laughs> 
The film was put together by a husband and wife team who made a 20 minute short, which then they stretched into 75 minutes. No, we watched Although it. clearly they added <laughs> no additional plot elements whatsoever to flesh out the longer runtime. Nope. Yeah. Somehow they managed to raise 15 million pounds to fund the project, leading me to wonder if this was some elaborate money laundering scheme, perhaps following the model of the producers. There was some talk in Scotland during its development that the Hartmans, the directors of the movie, had somehow fooled an ailing Sean Connery into lending his voice to the project. <laughs> I a normally no, very with it person. <laughs> I have no way of knowing if this is true, but either way, it's a sad end to Connery's career, even sadder than his previous career capper, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That's pretty sad. <laughs> anyway, thanks for drawing attention to one of the worst movies ever to come out of Scotland. Quite an achievement for a small country which has long punched well above its weight in the category of shitty movies. Before I go, There's I'll leave you. a lot of good movies from Scotland, though. Like what? Let's hear them. Highlander. List them all. <laughs> Highlander. Highlander 2, The Quickening. Highlander 2, The Quickening. Highlander 3, The Thickening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mario Van Peebles gets really fat. <laughs> a la the Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Highlander-Santa Claus <laughs> crossover. Uh, Fried Twinkie, The Movie. <laughs> That's another Scottish film. All right, let's keep moving, shall we? <laughs> wow, we're really <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, I, I think I think uh, we're even Ross, recording an hour earlier than normal. I think Ross is being a little bit harsh on uh, Guardian of the Highlands because, despite how terrible it is, it was much more interesting to watch than Vice. Yeah, that's for sure. Certainly more confusing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Gregory's Girl was a Scottish movie. I like that one a lot. Ross wraps up. Saying, before I go, I'll leave you with this bone-chilling quote from Tessa Hartman. We have a treatment for Sir Billy, too, and also other sub-brands of other characters, because feedback has been so positive. P.S. Thanks must go to Elliot, who managed to pronounce Glasgow properly and not as glass cow, <laughs> which many Americans do, to the endless, endless frustration of Glaswegians. As a result, you're welcome here anytime, and if you do find yourself in Glasgow... Let me know. I can offer advice on where in the city you'll be least likely to be stabbed during your stay. That is very helpful. Oh, well, that's uh, great. Dan, I apologize that I did that. I get a little defensive, I guess, around Scotland because for whatever reason, I really like it and really like it there. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I'm theoretically of Scottish heritage. I understand. That's true. I guess <laughs> theoretically. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't have. <laughs> I mean, we're all from Africa if you go back far enough. It's not all certified. <laughs> but, I like, uh, Scotland is... I, like right up there, I think, is my second favorite country after the United States of America. You don't really? care. Who knows it? I don't care who knows it. I really like it there. So I, I mean, love, it's beautiful. It's to beautiful. Look at. Anytime I've been there, which is not a, a huge number of times, but I've spent a couple of trips there. The people are really have been really nice. You like mixing their native beverage with Coca Cola? I do very much. I I mean, <sighs> and say what you will about their food. I love it. It's all fried <laughs> shit. Like it's, yeah. it's just I went. It's the only place I've ever had double fried hamburgers. So thank Wait, you. How Scotland. do they double fry it? You just fry it and fried then you fry it, fry it again. A second time. Yeah. Dude. I mean, it's I'm, like chicken fried steak. I mean, so it's just thicker frying on the outside. Probably. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. No, I mean it sounds good. There's I, I love haggis. Unironically, I think it Paul tastes, Haggis. I terrible. Terrible. He's stuff. all right. No, because his name's Haggis. I'm gonna give him a pass. So I apologize. You know what? You could have kept going with that bit. I just like Scotland. That's all right. Um, so there's a couple countries I've been to that so I really want to bond to, and I feel like Scotland is one of them. Elliot loves Scotland. Even Elliot Kalen, your native son. <laughs> yeah, and Elliot's favorite movie is Sir Billy. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so this is from uh, Justin, last name withheld. Long. Who writes? 
I'm Diamond. Just, I'm, oh, that was Justin. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Diamond is the twin brother of Justin. I thought that was how it works. I knew that. It's how it works. <laughs> That's how it works. I'm just going to jump right in, knowing how much Elliot loves retelling history with more awesome trademark. No, I don't. 1905, Germany. Seemingly mild-mannered patent clerk Albert Einstein discovers something that would turn the world on its head. That's right, the Necronomicon. No. Reading its insane... That doesn't even make sense. He's a physicist. (laughs) Reading its insane stanzas, Einstein is driven not to madness but brilliance, developing his own alien geometries, the theory of special relativity. Now, in 1930s Germany, the Nazis seek to steal his secrets to release the great old ones from the second city of Rilea. In reality, they basically pushed him out of the country. Albert Einstein, Oppenheimer, and the Manhattan Bunch race to develop... <laughs> the Manhattan Bunch? <laughs> the Manhattan Bunch. Were, these the, were these the kid detectives that hung out at the Manhattan Project? Yeah, that's right. Uh, they race to develop the H-bomb to defeat the returning Cthulhu and his gibbering coterie of an abominable Migo. But when all hope is lost with the failure of the bomb and subsequent summiting, summon, summonings... Of is this a pitch? Like what? Nalarthotep and Dagon. Nyarlathotep. Nyarlathotep. Yeah. Okay. They're calling I, chaos, it's dude. Fucking. Mm-hmm. These are all gibberish. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft words. Come on. Hard to hard to say, even for a normal person. And August. And then imagine. Me. <laughs> yeah. Let's not forget August Derleth's huge influence. Uh, our heroes find renewed vigor with the accidental nuclear release of another slumbering ancient. Godzilla. Godzilla. Okay, saw it coming. <laughs> now, shouting <laughs> strategies from his Dr. Wily style. This letter won me over again. <laughs> floating saucer. Einstein and Godzilla engage in a battle royale with maddening eldritch horrors above a war-torn Japanese Pacific. An adventure so non-Euclidean, there will be no seat edge to sit upon. <laughs> Albert Einstein, destroy all monsters. Rated R. I know it's a little heady, but I think it would safely make its money back if it had the right screenwriter. Yours, Justin Last. I mean, thanks to movies like Deadpool, you can you can pitch an R-rated big budget movie now, man. Yeah, finally, you can make your budget back. You just have to have Godzilla talk to the camera. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, make penis jokes, play '90s hip hop. Of course, Ryan Reynolds as Cthulhu. (laughs) That would be great. He's played every other comic book character, am I right? Yeah, tell me about. As long as Einstein is not like firing a machine gun, I'm okay with it. Here's what, here's the thing that gets to me about the awesomeing up of history. Yeah, is it's not if it's like I mean it doesn't make sense for Einstein to read the Necronomicon. He's not an occultist or a literary archivist. He's a physicist. Yeah, it's not like and he, a chemist. I guess. Well, what if he picked no, up? Not even chemist. What if he's like he a picked up like a pamphlet that he thought was something else, but it turns out somebody just put it like some students put a slipcover over their like I don't know physics textbook or what if on the Necronomicon was, yeah. and he somehow could read ancient Arabic? What if he was just reading it? Because it was written by the Mad Arab Abdul Al Hazred, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if he was just reading it on his vacation? Just okay, said, now you're picked it up as a beach you. read. Yeah, I picked it up as a beach read. It was one of those like uh, hotel exchanges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I finished this Grisham. I will. Uh, what books do you have? Just this. I'll try it. Sounds sexy. I'll give it a try. It rhymes, ah! with, it rhymes with Comic-Con. <laughs> a thing that does not exist yet. <laughs> Is this written by Brian Lumley? No, that's Necroscope. <laughs> Well, anyway, it's if he's he's dealing with science things as opposed to like Albert Einstein has to kick ass or something like that. You yeah, know? yeah. Where FDR's he like figures out the physics of how it. to do the best axe kick or some yeah, shit. Yeah, like he's a kung fu master all of a sudden. I don't like that stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. 
I agree, but I like <laughs> I would like to see Godzilla fighting some old ones. I that, mean, Godzilla would I don't think would be much of a match for the old ones, but that's just me. I don't know. I mean, oh, but I'd wow. still want to see it. I'd still want to see it. He just wouldn't last long. I think. This is coming from. He one would of have the to like get all the other Godzilla fans. I'm a big G fan. I'm just saying I have to be realistic. The same way that like I'm the I'm a huge Spider Man fan, but I wouldn't be like can't wait to see Spider Man take down Cthulhu. He'd go insane upon seeing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. You don't think his quips would save him? Maybe for like a couple minutes. Okay. Uh, so this last. It was worth it to hear Dan mispronounce Nyarlathotep. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, oh, I was boy. sad that he didn't list more old ones for Dan to mispronounce. Uh, and then his <laughs> army of Shagots. <laughs> Shagoths, Dan. Shagoths. Uh, I could do. I could who's say Shagoths. Who, who's the one who dances at the center of the universe to the sound of blind pipers? Uh, I Is that was just a thought. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I was just really hoping that the goat with a thousand young's name would be mentioned in that letter, so Dan would have to be forced to read it on the laws of letter pages. <laughs> yep. I don't even remember her name. Shelly. I'm not going to bring it up. <laughs> not going to bring it up. <laughs> I won't deign to mention it. This, yeah. uh, this yeah. last is from Emily, last name withheld. Dickinson. Who writes... I never got into podcasts until my good friend Stephen, a fellow who knows the precise algorithms of my sense of humor and love of bad movies, recommended I give the CBGB episode a listen for a road trip I embarked upon early this summer. He was right, and I was hooked. And all the back catalog binging has made this summer an unbridled squealing with mirth and laughter. I'll tell you, that was one crazy summer. Thanks. (laughs) Was it better off dead? I guess not. How I got into college. <laughs> Eek the cat. Savage Steve Holland. Uh, Elliot's letter songs and general Elliotness are like a super concentrated syringe full of joy. Oh, thank you. Ditto Hallie. Stuart is an awesome dude, and the saga of Ding Dong Gate was an epic tale I hope to tell my grandchildren one day. Mm-hmm. And Dan, I actually wish you were the default human being, because if only humanity had Dan McCoyness as its default setting... The world would be a much smarter, funnier, and pervasoidier place to live. Oh, way to turn that insult into a compliment. Any mm-hmm. hoosies. I was listening to an old episode, and the Stuart recommendation of Space Jail reminded me of a <laughs> You're time... You're welcome. <laughs> reminded me of a time many years ago when Stephen and I eagerly awaited said movie because the trailer appeared to have someone say the line, He's the best there is, but he's a loose cannon. We fell in love with the idea of a character in the movie blatantly stating such a cliché, but much to our disappointment, it turns out the line came from Mr. Trailer Narrator and not an actual character. Dearest Peaches, has there ever been something, and not just general awesomeness that the movie failed to deliver, to, to deliver, in a trailer that got you all hyped up for a film, but wasn't in the final cut? Floptatiously, Emily. This is a tough one, because I don't know if I have I mean, the there's lots of times recall, that, that but these scenes have been in trailers and then not in right. the movie, but... Because the cut isn't finished. <laughs> well, there's they... a, in the, I remember in the, I think it was the first trailer for The Two Towers, there was a scene of Eowyn, uh, like, stalking around in the uh, caves underneath Helm's Deep with a sword, and it was indicating that maybe that like orcs were tunneling underneath or that we were kind. She was like stalking around, like being like <clears throat> going all like, uh, like splinter cell on them. Mm-hmm. But that was never in the movie. And I don't even think it was, was in, the, in the, yeah, I don't think it was in the extended cut either. Hmm. Wow. I can't imagine things not being in the extended cut. <laughs> I know if it was a Hobbit movie, it would have been. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. scenes from other movies in the extended <laughs> yeah, yeah. cut. Yeah. Yeah. They watch like 20 minutes of Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> 
there's weird, like, there's a segment from Bugsy Malone of all things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is Stare like, into my Palantir and watch this dope movie I like. We have a quest to embark upon, but first... Have you seen the one where he tells Honey that he shrunk the kids? <laughs> and then he just puts the tape in, and it's then a static shot of a TV playing Honey, I Shrunk the Kids for the entirety of the movie. Uh, I don't know if I actually have an answer for this. Yeah, movie. I don't know that I do either. I mean, there's certainly movies that the trailer made look better or more exciting. Like, there's any number of monster movies. I mean, there's Godzilla, which came out recently, where the trailer made it look like this is going to be an amazing movie with a ton of Godzilla in it, and it was not, you know. But... That's just general. That's just general trailer stuff. I feel like. Mm-hmm. I yeah yeah. That's I specifically remember thinking like that. The Pineapple Express trailer was one of the best cut trailers I'd seen, and then I saw the movie, and I'm like, this is all right. Oh, I liked it a lot. Yeah. But the purpose of a trailer is to give you the best. Yeah, it like, is. There's no trailer that's going to be like it's an okay movie that you're gonna kind of like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe go to it. I don't care. I don't know what your life is like. <laughs> like. Whatever. Maybe you've got better things to do. That's cool. Moonstruck, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually a very good movie. So I don't know why they why they sold it that way. Hey Archie. Hey. So I everyone hears my cat complaining. Yeah, going. Hey, get him out of here. <laughs> I'm tired of wearing these pants. Yeah. Put it up. Yeah, that's good. Put 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 them up closer to the microphones. Sure. <laughs> so Dan, that was the letter segment. I guess we didn't have an answer for that. Yeah, I apologize, but we did that hilarious bit about the Hobbit movies. Yeah, oh, we did. Man. So checkmate. <laughs> so, classic bit. They're already turning yeah. it into a series of paintings. <laughs> That's right. A triptych. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put it in the Flophouse time capsule and set it to the future. The, yeah. <laughs> The future. Set it to 10 minutes from now. We're just testing to make sure the time capsule works. Mm -hmm. Dig up that five. I like that idea. Like, we're just like, we just put something in a box and then we wait 10 minutes and we open the box to see if it's still in there. (laughs) Yep, it works. No Schrodinger hijinks on this one. (laughs) There's a dead cat in here, too. (laughs) Yeah, I put that in there. It's okay. Aw. So, this is uh, our last segment on the show where we recommend a movie. That we actually liked uh, that you should watch instead of watching Vice, which Final I recommend judgments. for no one. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> letters. It's, it's letters time. No. Flophouse housework. <laughs> Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. <laughs> I'm Elliot Kaylan. <laughs> Everything is wrong. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about movies that we actually liked, and I'm going to talk about a movie I totally liked. Uh, last night... <laughs> <laughs> Thus fulfilling the obligations <laughs> fulfilling, of the bit. Fulfilling the prophecy. <laughs> yeah. My mom always told me, Stuart, tell me about a movie that he liked. Uh, when I was a child growing up in the temple, the magic scrolls told me that Stuart would watch a movie he actually liked and then talk about it on a podcast. And that's what I'm about to do. Uh, last night I watched, uh, I went to a early screening, a special early screening that we got wise to, thanks to a listener over at the Flophouse Facebook group, of the movie Green Room, uh, uh, the latest fi- uh, feature from the director Jeremy Saulnier, uh, the director of Blue Ruin uh, and the, Monster Party. Or not Monster Party. Party, Murder Party. I mean, Monster, Monster Party. Mad Monster Party? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Day of the Tentacle. Um, and uh, Green Room is a super tight little thriller. Uh, it's very brutal. It's about a 
punk rock band who are far away from home. They're from the D.C. area and they're touring the Pacific Northwest and they are having difficulty finding gigs and they get set up with a last minute gig at a venue that is a little more uh, skin heady than they expected and they get stuck in a situation that rapidly spirals out of control and it's really great. Uh, the violence is uh, is very meaty, I yeah. guess. Uh, and it is meaty violence. It's shocking and horrible. And it it seems it has some uh, it's it has some kinship to something like the assault on Precinct Thirteen, but it's uh, I guess even more difficult to watch. Um, and it's it has some great performances in it from both uh, I think it's Mason Blair the the star of Blue Ruin as well as Anton Yelchin uh, and a, Imogen Poots Imogen Poots oh, my favorite Poots yeah and uh, and a a great heel turn by Sir Patrick Stewart um, I totally recommend it it's not an easy watch yeah if you're not into gory violence like uh, Stewart's wife. Yeah, spent the movie. large chunks of the movie <laughs> uh, making did. unhappy noises and covering her eyes. Though afterwards, she did admit, though she didn't like it, it was a good movie. Uh, and it's uh, it's pretty legit. There's uh, under Too legit to quit. Not only is the uh, not only do they have some great music in the soundtrack, but also in the thank yous, uh, they thank King Fowley, the uh, the frontman for the band Deceased, which is a super like kind of unknown uh, death metal band from the D.C. area, so that was pretty cool. The deceased area. Yep. So, Green Room, Run, Don't Walk. Uh, I'm going to also recommend uh, a thriller. I got around to watching 10 Cloverfield Lane, which um, is a fun movie. I think it's maybe been like slightly overpraised just because, I don't know, John Goodman. I, he, like, good he has man. good in his name. <laughs> I feel like if if any movie sort of delivers... I'm like the director, John Badham. <laughs> these days, like, most mass market entertainment is so bad that if any movie, like, delivers... It's so bad. <laughs> it's How so bad, bad is it? that if any movie How delivers... How were in that NATO? <laughs> uh, it is overpraised, but I still liked it quite a bit, and... Um, I I probably would have been recommending Green Room 2 if uh if Green Room sequel? 2 is out already. <laughs> oh man, they're just churning them out. Thanks, Holly oh, Weird. <laughs> we made him money, just pump it out, pump it out. Get where's you would obviously recommend Green Room. I scooped you, but then I clued I, I sent you the link for the tickets. Stuart so. was yeah. the scooper and you were the pooper. <laughs> uh, uh, that's from that your applies, lips to my but... ears and my heart. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> so, uh, but I did quite like Tim Cloverfield Lane, and despite my. Uh, you like that Mary Elizabeth Winston minor? Uh, what do you call it? I'm just, I'm just. You didn't it, love it. You think it's not as good as people say, but it's still good. Yeah. It's a somewhat qualified recommendation. Yeah, but watch it on a plane. It it starts. Why not? It's a movie that starts like Psycho, and it ends. Spoiler. Like Caddyshack. Spoiler. 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 Kind of like aliens, and if that sounds like fun to you, then then you're you know my kind of guy, and let's go get a beer sometime. <laughs> but uh, 
no, it's a lot of fun. Like the the thing that I kind of found interesting about uh, it is like yeah. it's <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> These things wouldn't be so long if you didn't if you let me fucking talk. Okay, you're saying the thing you kind of liked about it. The thing I kind of liked about it is it's this. It's really this chamber piece. Like it literally has three actors in it, and it's a small, classically constructed thriller, and that's a sort of movie that wouldn't get made nowadays if Except it, it did if it wasn't oh. attached to the cloverfield name like it's an interesting yeah. way to make a sequel like it's not a direct sequel to this big blockbuster it's a it's sequel a, it's a sequel that's set in this <laughs> it's a road trip if you will <laughs> it's a sequel that's set in the same universe which allows them to make kind of a smaller movie and for that to be for the studios to take a chance on a smaller movie. It kind of is the uh, daredevil to Cloverfield's The Avengers. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of nice that making People call a sing- it bad robot. I think it's a good robot. J.J. <laughs> <laughs> Abrams. For, de- for studio <laughs> review, I'm Stuart Wellington. <laughs> but making a sequel this way kind of opens the window to a different type of film that unfortunately... Uh, hasn't been made that much lately because studios are so focused on just huge blockbusters all the time. And so I really liked it. And it had a really great third act. Like the first two acts were like good, but few movies I feel like these days, like often like, the third act is the worst. Yeah. Often the third act. Yeah. Is the especially worst. with horror movies. Like, yeah, because the, in the early acts, it, the mystery is what drives you and you get so excited and the buildup so good that when they finally reveal everything, you're like, Honk shoe, I'm sleeping because this movie sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I think this movie sets things up so beautifully that the payoff is very exciting. So, I, yeah, 10, 10 Cloverfield Lane. That's what I'm recommending. Speaking of uh, big blockbusters, I'm going to recommend a little movie that's kind of a blockbuster. It's about two well known heroes <laughs> versusing each other and maybe Justice Dawns. It's okay. called The Forbidden Room. Now it's, uh, oh, this is a movie he that, zigged and we both zagged. Mm-hmm, ziggy. Now it, <laughs> this is a movie we that got zigged. if I had seen it when it was released in U.S. theaters, it would have been my second favorite movie of last year after Fury Road or maybe Tied for First. But I saw it. It's on Netflix now, so I finally got to see it because I missed it in its very brief run. The Forbidden Room is the most recent movie from Guy Madden, one of my favorite directors. Hmm. He did the saddest music in the world. He did Careful. He does those and uh, those those shoes with the ads that look like Bratz dolls. No, that's Steve Madden. <laughs> They're brothers. <laughs> nope, not related. <laughs> he does those football games. That's John Madden. <laughs> okay, that's his dad. <laughs> that's his dad. Yeah, I mean, his dad was in sports. His dad worked for a Winnipeg hockey team. He did that. TV show with Don Draper where he was dissatisfied with his life, even though he's it's Matthew Weiner. <laughs> well, I was Mad Men. I was going more way, but that names. works. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. 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 Okay. He was, uh, yeah, anyway. But uh, so Guy, <laughs> I've been eagerly awaiting this one. I'm a big fan of Guy Madden and it lived up to all my expectations. In some way, he's doing some things in it that are even more. He's a director who is always doing kind of. Radical things, radical, radical, radical things with film <laughs> format in terms of the the look of the thing. He loves shooting things like silent movies. His editing is hyper fast, and he distorts the images. And this he do, takes that even further. But he manages to get some much more, some even more beautiful imagery than he's used to because the way he's using color and the way he's combining images, but also some strange and haunting and bizarre and unpleasant imagery. But I would go into the plot, except. 
it's this kind of nested series of plots that keep changing back and forth. It opens oh, as a, right. I'm right about that. Yeah, yeah, it opens as a kind of instructional film about how to take a bath, and from that point, <laughs> it goes on to a story on a submarine. There's a story in a jungle. There's a story involving an evil insurance agent with who has these women dressed as skeletons that poison people. Like, there's a lot of crazy stuff in it. There's, Is it like Holy Motors? Uh, I would say no in that I feel like Holy Motors was, you're just following that one actor through a bunch of different scenes. And the scenes weren't necessarily full stories. In this case, it feels like he's telling you a series of really bizarre stories, but they have kind of beginning, middle ends, as opposed to just being like a crazy thing this character is doing. I mean, some people maybe, could, it's more like Holy Motors than it is like Titanic, you know. <laughs> okay. But it's, but I, or like a commercial. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, an episode of Big Bang Theory. <laughs> But but I liked this more You're than your first folks. <laughs> but I liked this more than than Holy Motors. But uh, and Dan, as if you're not already going to go see it, uh, there's a there's an original song in it from the band Sparks, which okay, I have, sure. uh, about a man who's obsessed with butts and is trying to desperately cure himself of this obsession. And I've had this song stuck in my head for a few days now. <laughs> it's. Uh, but it's just like a very – it's a strange but very fun movie, and it unleashes so much more movie on you than you expect to get from a normal movie. So The Forbidden Room. I like getting extra movie. Yep. It's streaming on Netflix right now. Don't expect closure on, on too many of the stories, okay. but expect to be constantly thrown off balance by what this movie is doing, which I really enjoyed. The Forbidden Room. Three recommendations from the flop dudes. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for summing up what just happened. <laughs> now we're going to talk some more. Yeah, I mean, just a little bit more. Okay. Because this is the time where we sign off. Let's have a little bit less conversation and a little more finishing Action. the podcast and leaving. What I would say is uh, this is the first episode after the Max Fun Drive. Thank you, everybody oh, yeah. who donated. It means a lot to us. Good point, Stuart. Thank um, you very much, yeah, thank you very much to everybody. We- it's a fun time of year for us to like go out and act- actively uh-huh. promote the show because mm-hmm. it's a big part of our lives. And, we, and we, to force John Hodgman to come into my apartment. and I don't know. He was begging to come Dan back. Watch Aykroyd be slathered up in a big, fat baby costume <laughs> and do a dumb voice. Uh, yeah, I, the whole time, yeah, you kept eyeballing uh, Elliot's seat. He's like, mm, maybe I can take the motor mouth mm, seat. No. Uh, and just from the, from the bottom of our hearts, we know there's a lot of people who are fans of this show who are not wealthy millionaires. And to donate any money to the Max Fund Pledge Drive is a real choice that you're making with your dollars. It's not a frivolous choice. And it's you choosing to support us rather than spend it somewhere else that you could. And we really appreciate that. And I also want to uh, say thanks to everybody who donated as part of the uh, Rocket Crocodile Action Squad to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. That was a really cool thing that was set up by a group of our listeners over at our Facebook group. Yeah. And they raised a ton of money, which like, is awesome. Yeah. Basically 25 grand. And don't forget that and what's if, our cut? And if uh, – uh, <laughs> It's for charity. Yeah. You get to feel a swelling in your heart you like get, a Care Bear. You get to feel like this wasn't all for nothing. Uh, charity <laughs> that you've done the- some good in the world. <laughs> mm, I need the monies. <laughs> and if uh, – Charity you, begins in my wallet. If you missed out on the drive <laughs> – Charity begins you, in me buying myself stuff. <laughs> if you missed out on the drive but you want to contribute, you can still go over to the Max Fun store and uh, pick up the Rocket Crocodile poster drawn mm-hmm. by – 
uh, Flophouse favorite, Tom Fowler. Mm-hmm. And all uh, profits of that poster go to the same charity. Yeah, suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. 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 We're out there sort of helping to do good in the community. Not really. Like we are We're actively hurting. We are inadvertently. We are tangentially. <laughs> we are inadvertently an accessory to a good cause. Yeah, yeah whichever streaming service rented you, uh, rents out Vice is going to be like, wow, there's an uptick in people watching this turd. Time to green light turd number two. <laughs> Vice two, Vice in it. <laughs> the revicening. Yep. Uh, Twice as Vice is the name of the, is nice. the sequel. Nice. It's Vice with a two instead of a V. <laughs> so people are like, how do I pronounce this movie's name? Yeah. Uh, but thank you to everyone again. And um, now it's time to sign no, off. You know so. what? You know what? Yes, thank you to everyone. Thank you. You don't, care. you don't care who knows it. I made it, sound, I made it sound like I was arguing with you, but really I agree. <laughs> um, for the podcast, which is called The Flop House. <laughs> <laughs> For the Flopcast, I've been Dan McCoy. Over there is Elliot Kalen. I'm looking right at Stuart Wellington, and I'm, my eyes are thanking me. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Bye! Yeah, I'm the tall guy. I'm the short guy. And Dan's the middle guy. Yours is pretty good. Uh, if it's mine, it must be great. Um, Let me show you my penis. Oh, wait. Never mind. I left it in my other pants. Sorry. Your penis? Yeah. So, can you get my other pants for me? Wow, you're not going to need that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Nope. Yeah, uh, I can assure you that we're not. pretty good about the chemistry between me and Stu. I'm going to need it. I mean, maybe after the show. Well, I, I guess we can do it on. Okay, we're doing it on the show. Or during. Yeah, come on. What are we going to talk about the movie? Forget about it. For. Forget about it. Mm-hmm. Forget about it. Forget about it. That's my Mickey Blue Eyes impression. Hmm. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. I'm Jesse Thorne. I'm Jordan Morris. The federal government has millions of dollars in programs and opportunities that you need to seize today. You're a taxpayer, right? Well, then you've got it coming. Thanks to Uncle Sam. You can get grant programs for veterans. Postage stamps that'll ensure your mail gets there in a timely fashion. Fruit for you and your family. Child care for your children that turns them into super soldiers. Get a million dollars to open your own lake. Useful power tools that are easy on your soft, delicate hands. Your own personal radioactive brick. More sexual attention from everyone at the used bookstore. Greyhound tickets. Soft, gentle kisses from TV's John Goodman. A real narwhal. Athletic socks filled with stew a valuable pamphlet on millet your father's approval don't wait right now for all of this and more drop us a line jordan jesse go 123 itunes street or wherever you download podcasts